get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you... Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory's admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Steak, cheese, onions, peppers, and you added bacon on the steak. That's it? Steak. So it's just the, the steak sandwich with a bacon. A bacon, yeah. Okay. I just got a foot long of that on regular Italian bread, regular lace chips, and a medium drink. And it was 18 something. For one sandwich. Mm-hmm. I saw they had new sandwiches. I just wanted to try one. You're not a sub. You're not like a sandwich boy. Yeah, you know it's Subway. I was like eighteen bucks. It's not like I was eating the whole house. You know, I just got one sandwich. What's happening? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. How is everybody? I'm anxious. I don't know how this is gonna go because we're recording at a different time than we normally do, mm-hmm. and I don't do great after dark, so we'll see. That's fair. That's right. Cinema parlor after dark. You gotta intro this drink so I can have it. Okay, so we'll get right. I don't want to dilute it. So there's a couple different things happening right now. I wanted to come up with a some sort of RoboCop themed spoiler beverage for us to partake in while we're talking about the film. I couldn't really find anything I liked, and nothing was speaking to me. So Stacy had the idea of maybe I should find something that is based, like, a Detroit signature cocktail or, mm-hmm. you know, something from the place where we're going to be talking about old Detroit. The great city of Detroit. So he found this drink and then sent it to me. I'm going to tell you what's in it. Prepared his the way it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Nolan, I made us actual shots because mm-hmm. I don't want to drink this. I don't either. Okay. So it's called the Bull Shot. Okay. This is the signature beverage of Detroit, allegedly. Mm-hmm. So what's in it is vodka, Tabasco, Worcestershire sauce, Campbell's beef broth, uh, juice of a lemon, and fresh cracked pepper. Interesting. Yeah. So it's basically like a Bloody Mary, but you know, don't drink it yet. You it's, did this to us? It's basically like a Bloody Mary. Why are we edging right now? <laughs> but with beef beef broth instead of beef. It's what's juice. for dinner. So I figured we would do a salute, a little clinkum. I'm really <laughs> scared about this. You All guys right. are weak. I wanna. Are you doing it in one none? Okay, go. <laughs> that ain't bad. 
I didn't like it. Nolan doesn't like Bloody Marys. It's actually not awful. I feel like we all probably have pepper in our teeth now. Mm. I'm not doing great. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm having a, uh, I gotta get my wits about me. A Smooth Criminal from 4x4. This is a double dry hopped, double India Pale Ale. And I'm going to enjoy this now. Let me try to get this foul taste out of my mouth. Oh, you're... I figured you'd like that one. Mm -hmm. I'm chasing with a Heavy Seas beer. I say chasing. Mine wasn't a shot. Mine was a full glass and I downed it. Did you just down that whole glass? Oh, no, yeah. I will tell you, there's actually not that much vodka in that. It's a pretty... It's not a potent drink. Again, that's the bull shot if you want to try it. Mm -hmm. Heavy Seas beer. Fearless. Bold. Independent. I'm drinking their West Coast style double IPA, impending doom. Before you name your beer mill, do you think that like part of it's called the bull shot because maybe of like the beef in it, like the beef bouillon? Yeah, so it's I because I made a joke or not even a joke, I was just like, what a dumb name. And then he goes, It's beef, bull, beef. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Because I, I just thought it was a stupid name. Yeah. But it is bull as in B U L L mm -hmm. bull okay. shot. Okay. Right when it hit my lips, I was like, no. Nope. Mm -mm. But I went ahead cause for the show. So you don't like Bloody Marys. I'm glad I didn't get sick on air. But I, no, I, I, you, I, I hate Bloody Marys. I, I can't do tomato juice. I mean, I don't drink them either. So why was the beef the same for you? It's, I don't know what it was. Was it, it the spice? Yeah, the spice. Well, I think the it's, spice and the thick. No, I think it's texture and the froth. Definitely the because texture. I should. I did it a proper yeah. shake of it. So you would say it's more texture and froth than spice and thick. It's not really thick. It's just the pepper on top. I, I just I didn't find it pleasing to my taste buds. That's all I can say. Okay. But I'm glad you did. Yeah, I, I thought it was actually. And I'm decent. glad that you know our our fine Americans in Detroit find this to be pleasing. <laughs> Okay. I think that's enough on alcohol talk because I can't just have one thing and I don't know if I'm going to actually drink this beer. I for, I don't You like, don't like them. I don't like beer. Why do I do this every time? I don't know. I enjoyed the last one. This and I've had this before. You would rather have beef shot than that. <laughs> I I would want neither if we're being honest, but I've got coffee and water so I'm probably going to hit that up. You're, so You got the drinks going. Yeah. I've got four drinks. So now I have two beers. If you want it, yeah. If Nolan, if you want a little helper, anyone, it's up. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I can't do it. What's everybody been up to? I got to experience a movie that, in the theater, that I got to see for the first time, which would be 1973's Gonjan Hess, directed by Bill Gunn. It was a great experience. I'm glad I got to watch it in a theater. It blew me away. So, yeah. yeah great I, movie. I love Bill Gunn so much. Yeah, can't uh, recommend that one enough, so... I, too, love badass Billy Gunn. Nice. <laughs> Next, uh, I'm going to mention a movie from 1983 directed by Douglas McCown called The Deadly Spawn, a regional independent horror film that is very hard to see, and uh, Shudder just recently added it onto their streaming. Another one I wanted to see for a long time. Yeah, it's one where I feel like the poster and like the VHS cover was really well known. Yeah. Like it's very mm -hmm. iconic. Uh, the Brothers Hildebrandt did it. Yeah. Great art. It's a fun... Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I loved it. it... it it's <laughs> it's stupid though. It is stupid. <laughs> but for, for that type of thing, especially like those, you know, regional self-made 
horror movies. Like, it's one of the better ones I've seen. And the the effects and the gore are actually like really well done. I yeah. was really blown away by the the design of uh, of the spawn as it is. So yeah, really enjoyed that one as well. So that's on Shutter for those interested. This week I got to see the original Slumber Party Massacre from 1982, directed by Amy Holden Jones. And I had I've seen this movie a few times before, but uh, yeah, one of our local theaters was playing it, and I got to experience that in the theater and that was a blast so melanie well i am still playing mass effect the last game in series if it's the last one that's currently available i always like drag my heels even if it's the first time i'm playing it just because i don't want it to end but on this i accidentally killed a character that doesn't have to die which i've never done before i don't want to finish it just Mm. because it put a bad taste in my mouth and it's not even the character i like it doesn't matter but, so I'm kind of thinking maybe I should go ahead and switch over to uh, either God of War or mm. uh, Assassin's Creed, the the Viking one, whatever it is. Valhalla. Yeah. Nice. So, I don't know. You're just feeling Vikings. I Well, yeah, I'm ready. And the new God of War is going to be coming out. I'm excited for it. So, mm. yeah. I don't know. Okay. But, so that's what I'm doing gaming-wise. I am getting ready to go through the omnibuses of the dark horse comics from the 90s that predator aliens and avp so that's what i'm reading and then as far as like new stuff we all watched nope not together sure. but we we all saw mm-hmm. that i really liked it Same. i think it's i don't know if i like it more than get out mm-hmm. but i liked it more than us for uh peels films and i don't i there's a lot about it that i really dug we don't have to get mm-hmm. too much into it because i know it's a newer movie and yeah. not everyone's seen it yeah but. i'll just say i was big fan yeah. yeah liked it a lot i finished tales from arise it was really fun the ending was a little eh. it it kind of ends like most japanese rpgs do where just crazy bad guy at the end and that's where we ended it, I guess. Yeah, it seems like half those games, it's, well, you thought this was the bad guy all the lo- all along, last couple hours, it's actually a god, so you need to go fight a god. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, Bandai Namco games that involve uh, open world traveling and killing, like, five lords, I'd say it's pretty good. Better than the other one, nice. in my opinion. Watch Godfather 3. Haven't seen that movie in a while. Did you watch the reg- the uh, the regular cut or the Coda version? So I watched the theatrical cut because I don't think I've ever seen it. Because on home video, it's always been the the ninety one director's cut. Yeah. Okay. So it's got like seven or eight extra minutes. Gotcha. That's what was in that big, like the big Godfather yeah, set. The, that the gold box VHS. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always been like that longer cut. I wanted to watch the original cut before watching Coda just because it's been a while. I think that movie is okay. I think people shit on it. People shit on Sophia. I feel like unjustly so. I don't think she's that bad. Enough to really make it bad one way or the other. It's, it's really just, I I think because the first film, it's got that pulpy, I don't know, like just the pulpy gangster. It's a good yarn Mm -hmm. and and the book's good too. And Godfather two is just, this wonderfully beautiful duality character piece that is just perfect. And Al Pacino's brilliant in that. Yeah, it's his best performance. 
And Godfather 3 is not those things. Mm -hmm. Godfather 3 is a a strange corporation, church, Ponzi scheme thing going on. And How much of it is just Al Pacino's haircut? It's a lot. He's got a bad buzz cut in that film. I don't know if you remember that, none. I do remember that. (laughs) Godfather 3. You know, I I watched it a number of years back, so I don't recall it very well, but, but I do remember liking it at the time so i i think i will probably have positive thoughts on it when yeah I watch andy it. garcia's really good in it uh eli Wallach's really good in it mm-hmm. and there's just some badass scenes mm-hmm. i the boardroom scene is yeah. phenomenal i really like the uh andy garcia on a horse so are we ready to get into this week's episode are you ready i think so that are alive you are coming with me for this week's show we are covering Paul Verhoeven's 1987 film, RoboCop. Is this the 35th anniversary? Yes. Even before I saw the film, there was an awareness of RoboCop. And I think a lot of kids growing up during that time had that. Because this movie was marketed to children in a wild, wild way. There was a cartoon series that Marvel put out. And they did a toy line. One of my earliest recollections of this property. I don't know if either of you remember this, but... They would do an Alvin and the Chipmunks show in the 90s, early 90s, where it was, they would do movie spoofs. It's kind of like what Muppet Babies would do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had a RoboCop episode where he gets, like, the bubble gum, you know, that uh, Nancy Allen's chewing in the film. Yeah. Uh, the, The lady, Chipette, she's doing that, and it pops on on alvin or Mm -hmm. whatever he gets covered in bubblegum that's why he has to be a robot chipmunk you know i saw it when i was pretty young watched the vhs the r-rated version and then i i feel like by the time we were teenagers it was just the the X-rated version was going around, and that's the one that mm-hmm. you got to see. So that was really exciting. Like, once it came out on DVD, what that was an early Criterion DVD that they put mm-hmm. out, and sure. uh, the MGM two-disc set that they put out. That was really nice. Yeah, I, I really like this movie do as you, well. Do you remember, so as a kid, was RoboCop on your radar? Because it, it kind of, it holds that same, uh, like, you know, Terminator, Ninja Turtles, right. like, all those properties. Yeah. I feel like there was an awareness. I definitely know of its existence when I was a kid. Uh, did not get to watch it because of the violence and the way I grew up. So Which, that to talk was... about the different cuts, the mm-hmm. R-rated is still very graphic. Yeah, sure. There's a mm-hmm. lot of chunky gore. Yeah. So I, I probably didn't see RoboCop until I was, I don't know. I'm sure I watched it with you or something probably when I was a teenager at some mm-hmm. point. So, Well, and I think it's interesting, this movie, that it had such a long shelf life. Because you think about now, how movies come out, popular films, the year that we're speaking in, Top Gun 2 is like the most popular film. Mm-hmm. And it's had a very long shelf life of, sure. what, three months? Yeah. But in a couple of months, it's probably going to go to the back burner and right. kind of out of mind. This film, I feel like it held... Like the public consciousness for a good three or four years mm. you you had the toy line come out the cartoon once this hit vhs it made more money in rentals than it did in the box office mm. and then it didn't premiere on television and like the abc saturday night movie 
until 1990, so right before mm-hmm. the sequel was coming out. Sure. So they had like a preview for the sequel, and then you got to see RoboCop, right. like you know, on television. Mm-hmm. So this is just this big buildup, and they had these very popular video games that came out. The arcade game was a big hit. So just everywhere, RoboCop. Yeah. Going into that, I'm going to talk just a few minutes about kind of another spectrum of the film, and that's politically, because obviously there's a lot to dive into on the the politics of the film, but I think this is an interesting movie because it not only flows with a lot of the movies that were being made at the time as in that 80s excess, right? So, I mean, it really does take on the violence as that's very excessive the villains are the villains they're they're kind of one-dimensional right it's just you're easy to digest bad guys yeah they're bad because they're bad for sure the good guy's good because he's good yeah yeah but it also definitely goes against a lot of our action films is this this is more of a left-wing film than what we're typically seeing made during the time so this is very an un-reagan movie as in a lot of our action movies, it seems, when we think about the Stallone and the Schwarzenegger stuff, were could be read as more uh, on the right side. Well, definitely the Clint films. Sure, and the Clint, absolutely. So I just want to read a couple things real quick. Uh, this is from Jay Hoberman's book, Make My Day, which came out a few years ago. Praising the movie's healthy contempt for the culture that gave birth to it. Village Voice critic David Edelstein saw RoboCop as a satire of the Reagan-not-present social services cut or privileged unregulated corporations buying politicians and controlling devastated cities, which I think is a is a good criticism there. As Verhoeven himself, Verhoeven was a fan of the media spectacle, telling American film that he spent every minute he could watching... Things like the Iran-Contra hearings. I don't know if you anybody out there is familiar with that. That was a big thing in the 80s that meant that I think spanned like five to six years dealing with gun tradings and... They made a hit video game off of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. With, um, uh, the aliens yeah, come and you, you get the spread gun. That's right. It, so... Just, like, real fast, this is just the very smallest thing. Like, the Iran-Contra was a secret operation in which the U.S. government secretly sent weapons to a known enemy and sent financial aid to a rebel force. Both of those actions were illegal. With that, you had a man named Oliver North who did, like, this whole hearing thing. There's a lot going on there. I'm not going to get into it. But I just want to say this quote here by Verhoeven. I was fascinated by these people the change in mood when Oliver North testified and how the senators tried to get some of that wonderful, charismatic quality to rub off on them. I also followed the aftermath of the Challenger disaster, the same spectacle of people reproaching each other and lying and cheating. It was wonderful. (laughs) So obviously he was really big into these events and spectacle that was going on. And then the last thing I want to read, programmed to be a helpful Terminator, Robocop is more humane because more rational than the legal vigilante Dirty Harry. That the cyborg lawman is also fully at home in the robot world is demonstrated by his facility in making an arrest at a techno-punk nightclub whose patrons regard him as part of the freak show. Naturally charismatic and repeatedly told that he's a product 
Robocop is Verhoeven's satirical view of the ideal American leader, a dispassionate, perfectly packaged technocrat, maintaining order and enforcing the law against criminal enemies of all sorts. So I think that's a nice little rundown of some of the politics that Verhoeven's dealing with in the movie, which is nothing new, but I, I think it's worth talking about. I think it's new for movies. New at the, I mean, at now. The time. At the time, yes. Yeah, absolutely. so, like, my yeah, thinking sorry. on it, and, like, I, Mel, I think we've talked about some of this, where you could see this stuff in the comics, especially, so American comics were getting influenced by the British comics, which were influenced by the Thatcher years. So you have, mm-hmm. you know, Alan Moore with Watchmen sure. in 85, and... Uh, Judge Dredd, which is a British comic. Which, what I was telling you, the writer of RoboCop, Ed Newmeyer, it's Ed Newmeyer is the primary writer, and then he, I think Mike Miner came on a Hardly little bit her. later. Exactly. He came on a little bit later as uh, a co- co-writer, but one of the things that Ed gave Paul Verhoeven to kind of help him understand, which is funny to me, because Paul has a sense of humor, it's very clear in all mm-hmm. of his films. Absolutely. But whenever he was reading the script for this, he's like, I don't understand why this is funny. Like, why, why are you being funny? This mm-hmm. is weird. Because there's a lot of satire. There's there's politics. There's dirty corporation shenanigans. There are all these things. Why is it funny? And he goes, okay, here's Judge Dredd. Why don't you read these? And it'll kind of give you an idea of what I'm, what, mm-hmm. what this flavor is supposed to be. He read it and loved it. Yeah. Well, I think that the movie takes a lot from The Dark Knight Returns with, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You've read. I, I mean, we've all read the book. I have read that. But with what Frank was doing in that book, and, and it's in, like Frank goes on to write two and three for RoboCop, mm-hmm. and and two has a lot of the same flavors that one does, just less successful. But Dark Knight Returns, with all those intercuts with the news and like the fascination with like the the Joker and his uh, media popularity and mm-hmm. the, the chaos with the weather and the gangs and stuff. And yep. it, it does those flashes of just the news right. reports. And this definitely yeah, almost like verbatim, like does the sure. same type of thing. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I think that's interesting that yeah. it took a little while for Hollywood to catch up to, mm-hmm. to that t- style of storytelling. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so something, this is like a side, why I love, old Hollywood, even though we're talking in the 80s, it's not old, old Hollywood, but mm-hmm. it feels very far removed from where we are now. Right. So Ed Newmeyer, the writer, he was working as a reader at a studio and he he was just kind of wandering around and started helping on set. Like he just started ah. doing set design. Mm-hmm. So someone was like, hey, move those trash cans and put paper in them and water and fill them up to decorate ah. the background of this. And he was like, okay. So he just started doing it. While he was working on this, he was like, so what is this anyways? Like, what, what, I don't understand what any of this is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's futuristic, but it looks super old. Like, what is it? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's Blade Runner. So he was just on yeah. the set of Blade Runner, just walked right on and started helping on design totally free. He did it huh. every night for a couple weeks, just was helping. That's wild. Yeah. And he, he said that while he was on that set, he got the basic concept for what Robocop was and the name, like, immediately. Okay. So just while he was, yeah. he was like, so I guess in a way, the whole concept of Ridley Scott's set design, mm-hmm. like his art design for Blade Runner as why Robocop, ex- Robocop exists, which I just think is so cool. Yeah. Ed Newmeyer wrote the script and then, like I said, Mike Miner came on to help. And the I think a really popular story that comes out of this is the first time Verhoeven saw the script, he read the title page. Mm-hmm. saw that it was about law enforcement and Robocop and he threw it. He was like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. His wife, Martine, picked it up, mm-hmm. read the whole thing.
thing and was like, this is really good. Like, you should ah. you should actually read this. And he read it and he was like, okay, let's get on a plane. Let's do this. Oh, wow. And that's what sold him. Well, I think that's interesting because so many of his American films after this are very, like, he's got the sci-fi trilogy mm-hmm. of Total Recall, which is right after this, and then later Starship Troopers, which is very much the exact same flavor as RoboCop, only okay. grander. Yep. Ed Newmeyer also wrote okay. uh, Starship Troopers. Underrated film. One of the best films in the 90s, it's, in my opinion. It's pretty great. We'll cover it someday. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. We almost did it last year for Halloween. I, I kind of wanted to do it this year, but I figured two Verhoeven movies back <laughs> yeah. to back would be... Yeah. Well, just fair. enough. We'll do it at some point. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, we haven't even gotten into your letterbox stuff. No, we haven't. Do you think that people that normally listen to clicked off? Talk about dicks. <laughs> Which we will. Yeah. 15 seconds. 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Robocop. This is from Letterboxd. Part man, part machine, all cop. The future of, of law enforcement. In a violent, near-apocalyptic Detroit, evil corporation, Omni Consumer Products, wins a contract from the city government to privatize the police force. To test their crime eradicating cyborgs the company leads street cop alex murphy into an armed confrontation with crime lord bodiker so they can use his body to support their untested robocop prototype when robocop learns the company's nefarious plans he turns on his masters in our cast here we have peter weller as murphy slash robocop nancy allen as officer lewis Dan O'Hurley as the old man, Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones, Kurt Wood Smith as Clarence Boddicker, Miguel Ferrar as Bob Morton, Ray Wise as Leon Nash, we gotta mention him, uh, Robert Duquay as Sergeant Warren Reed, anybody else I should name here? About Felton uh, Perry as Johnson. Sludge Man. Sludge Man. Um, Paul McCrane. Paul McCrane. The ginger one. Emil. Yes. Yeah, I believe that's Paul. Emil Antonowski. Yeah, I believe Paul McCrane is his name. All right. We killed you. Stop me when you want to speak, please. I am Robo Nolan. What does Robo Nolan do? What's your fourth hidden objective? Yeah, what's directive number four? Mm. Feed you guys oil sludge. Are you trying to make us robo people? Possibly, yeah. Is that yeah. Like the whole subplot? Or it's like, this is what I need, so I figured you need it as well. So it's just selfish, like uh, you're not thinking of others. Just... Know, he eats baby food in the film, not oil sludge. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'm thinking more, I guess, uh, the Bender. The Tin Man? Oh, Bender. Mm. <laughs> but of course, he, I guess he runs off beer. Whatever. say alcohol. Who knows? I'm lost. So you're doing it just to be mean. Yeah. I don't like Robo Nolan. Okay. I'm helping you. Whatever. We start off with some wonderful news satire. This is Media Break. You give us three minutes and we'll give you the world. In particular, I wrote down the Family Heart Center. You pick the heart. Is it time for that big operation? This may be the most important decision of your life. So come down and talk to one of our qualified surgeons. Here at the Family Heart Center, we feature the complete Jarvik line. Series 7 Sports Heart by Jensen. Yamaha, you pick the heart. Extended warranties, financing, qualifies for health tax credit. 
And remember, we care. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good mind. bit. There's also this thing that's in the background of the movie the whole time that I think it's lifted exactly from The Dark Knight Returns, where it's this fictional country that's at war. There's these gorillas and they steal a, a French like neutron bomb or something. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like the... I can't remember what it is in Dark Knight. It's like Court of Maltese or something. Like a, a fictional South American country. Yes. Also, during these reports, we find out a police officer by the name of Frank Fredrickson uh, has been shot down by Clarence Boddicker, who's at large. Uh, this police officer is, try- officer is trying to survive, but um, I don't believe he does, if I remember correctly. We have a new cop at the precinct. We have Murphy. Co-ed police locker rooms. There are women and men changing in the same mm-hmm. locker room, and that it's not focused on yeah. either. Like you, like whenever it's painting over, you see a bunch of boy butts, and then it pans over again, and you see some girl boobs, mm-hmm. and then it's yeah. just on with it. He does the same in Starship Troopers, but it definitely lingers. It lingers. Everybody and in the oh, room. Yeah. It's the like look at these and... hot young people. Save it for sure. Save it. Oh, okay, we we kind of you talked about it in the. Um, Mm-hmm. in the the summary but just the the greater idea of omnicorp privatizing the police force yep and we've got police officers talking amongst themselves about strike but yes. also they say we don't strike because we're police officers that's kind of hovering around the whole film yeah well and, and i think that's really interesting because at the time of this movie it seemed very ridiculous all of but this seems far-fetched and ridiculous. All mm-hmm. of our, I mean, what, the majority of our prison system is privatized now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, Oh, yeah. Hey, like, we kind of low-key made this sort of, sort of thing happen. Yeah. Like, in the real world. That's true. It, well, it's pretty wild. And if you look at Detroit itself, mm-hmm. yeah, that there's a lot of... Well, Absolutely. And, and yeah. it kind of speaks to uh, getting rid of man as labor and replacing mm-hmm. with technology which yep. is you know kind of what we've been running into like the last 20 years absolutely yeah. we meet uh lewis uh she's a badass um i love nancy Allen. yeah she's really good here uh murphy and her are partners here so she is he is becoming lewis's new partner delta city breathe life into the city of detroit you know we're going to talk about kind of this board meeting we get here uh, kind of introducing us to kind of the leaders of the city and the, and the corporation. Old Detroit has a cancer. The cancer is crime. And it must be cut out before we employ the two million workers that will breathe life into this city again. Old Dick. Yeah. Bob has an idea to revolutionize the company. Dick has this very antiquated idea of Ed 209 they're going to yeah. use Ed 209. It's soulless. It's a machine. He says something about needing a 24-hour-a-day cop. The future of law enforcement. And it goes berserk and ends up blowing away uh-huh. in one of the, the most vicious mm-hmm. gun downs. I, it's I like Sonny it's... Corleone levels of <laughs> just yeah. squibbles. Oh, massacred my mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. But this film feels very closely connected just in my brain to gremlins 2 because of the boardroom obviously this is way more hyper violent but there's weird stuff in gremlins 2 as well but i just love that model like city models were such a big deal (laughs) for 80s villains yeah like evil corporations they're like we're tearing down this whole city and we're making a white monolith Mm -hmm. in the middle of it it's gonna be beautiful and everyone will love it 
Yeah. I love that this guy gets blown up on one of those bottles. <laughs> it just, it's really funny to me. Yeah. Well, and it's a starking, it, it, starking. it is a stark visual image with the model is like all white and, all and it's massive and he's just diving into it, just covered in blood. <laughs> and it, it's a very nice contrast. What do you guys think of Ed 209 as a, as a creation, as an effect? Oh yeah, it's great. It, it, it really holds up well. Phil Tippett, man, his yeah. animation is it's, fearless. Yeah, and yep. Craig Hayes is the designer. Him and his wife, her, oh, Paula Hayes, I think is her name, they designed Ed. There's a great uh, making of featurette on the, the newest release of it, the 4K. When they were doing the mock-ups for this, he was trying to think of creatures to kind of relate it to, and uh, killer whales, you don't, it's like if you're in the water and you just see one, that's pretty intimidating. Ed does have a killer well mm-hmm. like head, sure. and I've never really thought about it. It's really cool. I think it's such a great design, and we were talking about this how that robot kind of informed so much that came later on, like Metal Gear. Yeah, so I I love what they did, and Ed, or Phil Tippett's animation of that creature. I love yeah. the everything that they did. I really enjoy the way it moves, mm-hmm. and just yeah, it, it, it's a very well done. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. The the poor guinea pig man that, that gets blown up, his name's Kenny. This is one scene, but... I love the shot of the old man at the end of Kenny's death, where he just looks disappointed. And I feel like at the end of the 80s, we were getting, like Melanie was talking about, like all these boardroom scenes that were just satirical. Like Scrooge has a lot of like this Amazing. flavor going on yeah. of just People... ludicrous... Uh, corporate culture people mm-hmm. pitching psychotic things mm-hmm. and they're like yes that's great it's like a bunch of yes men saying yeah. oh, insane yeah. stuff and mm-hmm. just feeding into like this evil corporation yeah. the main guy that's with omni the man that's technically in charge yes yeah him sitting at the end of the table everyone else is scrambling and freaking out whenever uh kenny's getting shot up he just stays with his arms folded at the front of the desk yeah. and just looks uh-huh. so disappointed and it it's not my make him laugh, but it's pretty darn close because it gets me every time. Oh, the old man? Yeah. So that is his name in the movie. That's all he goes by mm-hmm. is just the old man. Yes, I, I do en- yeah. enjoy that. Uh, yeah, it's really good. We have a shootout with uh, Murphy and Lewis, uh, and they are basically in a chase with a van of heathens that is led by Mr. Clarence Boddicker. Uh, and his uh, his boys are, is basically what I call him here. And I just got to say, Clarence has just so good one-liners in this movie. Like, he's just filled with them. Mm-hmm. It really helps making a, a great villain. When you have good one-liners, like, I know that I embrace that well, quite a bit. Something to say about, like, the how these are kind of one-dimensional bad guys he, Kurtwood is so good at what he's doing mm-hmm. that even this isn't, this comes later, but like the way he licks the pen of the grenade yeah. to like pull it off, he just makes mm-hmm. weird choices that it, give yeah. it like that extra zest. Absolutely. And you're talking about the one dimensionalness uh, of the, the villains. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that actually helps the movie connect with children mm-hmm. yeah. at the time. Absolutely. Because it does have a very easy comic book morality. The, the bad guys are bad. The good guys are very good. Like, it's very easy to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
I think that you can also pick up, even at a younger age, the the satire. Yeah, right. and that's not to say, yeah, saying it's like one-dimensional, I'm not, it's still great satire. It's very well written. This is a compliment to that. But I like, again, this goes back to pacing too, where we're not bogged down with so much backstory stuff. Like even Murphy and Lewis, they're together for like a day right. and then this mm-hmm. shootout happens. Yeah, like it that's is, not what the story is about. Like yeah. we don't need to be mm-hmm. in the sociodynamic and politics I, of what caused... The bad guys to be bad yeah, guys. and I love that Newmeyer and Verhoeven knew that, and they're just so quick on it. Like, the pacing of this film yeah, is killer. For sure. Uh, one of my favorite lines that Clarence says during, like, this chase scene is, Can you fly, Bobby? Can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> one of his dudes in there <laughs> sends him flying. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah. It's a great time. So, anyway, yeah. So, this this chase and, and kind of shootout leads to Murphy and... Uh, Lewis following them into their warehouse. Well, what have we here? You a good cop? Hot shot? <laughs> sure you are. Why, you gotta be some kind of great cop. Come in here all by yourself. <laughs> Where's your partner? Where's your partner? Well, guys, the other one was upstairs. She was sweet. Mm, mm, mm. I took her out. (laughs) Problem. Cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. Yes. Is he more evil in this or in Dead Poets Society? (laughs) I'll choose this, but I like where your head's at. In this warehouse scene, we get uh, Murphy's, well, kind of death, but just like one of the the craziest mutilations I've seen on screen as uh, Murphy it's... gets shot to hell by Clarence and, and his boys. Props to Bo- Rob Bottin. Uh His effects work is phenomenal mm-hmm. yeah. as it shines throughout this entire decade. And I really like the shot of... Obviously, the hand blowing up, the gelatin hand is awesome. (laughs) But the shot that starts from behind Murphy and wraps around his face, it being an animatronic puppet. Right. And then it goes into the gunshot to the face. Mm -hmm. Like, all of that being one take. That's... The the animatronic is not... Mm Well, you, they... you don't disconnect that from Peter Weller. It doesn't look bad. Right. No, but it also, it's like, there is this kind of, not quite unc- uncanny valley, but there is like this weird thing where it reminds me a lot of the head in Beetlejuice where it's like, oh, yeah. when it's morphing, the, and it looks like Peter. He, mm-hmm. Rob did an insane job, but the, it, it's just very unsettling and it's creepy because it's like, how is this man still alive? And it's like, I know it's, it's right. a puppet, like sure. essentially. But they, Rob put it on, like, it's on a, almost like a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And so, like, whenever they move it one way, it would control the top of the mm-hmm. the chest and the head. It's so crazy. the All of the effects in that scene and how much, I mean, because stuff got edited out, of course, because yep. it had an X rating, which later is released. But there's I, really a lot got left in. Are, are we assuming, because they didn't really talk about it on the behind the scenes stuff, but... Are we assuming they did the scanners thing where they had him actually shoot the head and mm-hmm. using a smaller caliber, you know, and it was just a filled head? Yeah. Like, I would say so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, for sure. But Rob also, because we just 
uh, Rob created the robo suit as well, which yeah. is, is amazing. It's, yeah, and he did. Yeah, the the toxic waste man and like all the yeah. the gore effects and yeah the suit. It, yeah, it's impressive work. Yeah. It, it's yeah, a man. phenomenal looking film. It, yeah, so so Murphy gets gets shot up. Uh, Lo, uh, Lewis does escape. Um, next, we basically have this montage of images of Robocop being created. So what are your thoughts on this whole segment? You said something that I think is interesting about Murphy. You said a mutilation. Yes. I say he's dead. Murphy, okay. So this is the I'm, nature... I'm getting into what is Robocop. Yeah, like, is... what is the nature of it? Because I think... Uh, the way you view RoboCop, it could change your reading on on the movie because mm-hmm. I think the character could be interpreted as multiple things. And I don't mm-hmm. think any of that's wrong. For me, it's very much a ghost of the machine. I think Murphy's dead. Mm-hmm. I think Murphy dies. Now, there's, a again, some special features of the making of where I have never heard it described this way, but they talk about it just being an android with the face of Murphy stretched over it, which really freaked me out. Like, I think that's really creepy. Yeah, so the the reason they said that they did that is this idea that if well, it was like object permanence for a thing... It would like, basically if, go insane. If it mm-hmm. it has its his brain, his thoughts, but if it did not see himself, that it, like it couldn't put a face to mm-hmm. its existence... It would go insane. Would Which they kind of show something like that in RoboCop 2, where the robot shoots itself in the head mm-hmm. at once they unveil it, like yeah. once they try to do what they did with Murphy. Yeah. I also kind of assumed there was, because he has a digestive system they talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to eat baby food. So I assumed that there are like, it's not just a face stretched over a robot. I thought very much that there's organic parts all throughout. So it's well, the brain, it, it's the. And there are hints at the script because there's that part where. He says, lose the arm, and the, oh, the yeah. doctor treats it as a very inhumane thing to do, yeah. is mm-hmm. to, since the arm survived. Now, this has nothing to do with this movie, but in the second one, again, I know it's its own thing, yeah. but in the second one, do they do they say, like kind of make up their own thing, saying that like if he's died within five minutes, you can still... I can't remember. I might be wrong here. I feel like there was something said about that in the second movie. Save him within five minutes and you can turn him into a So it was something with Kane in the second one where Kane is on his deathbed because of the the car crash Mm -hmm. uh, when he fights RoboCop. And the doctor there, they're trying to recreate what they did with RoboCop, Mm -hmm. but make it better. And the reason that they can't is because... It's like Murphy was like just this outstanding police officer that there is this duty there that he mm. can accept his existence because the job, the job is the job. That is why to do what to uh. do. And the others could not. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to take Kane's brain since it was still living material, but he was mm-hmm. kind of broken and comatose. Right. And put that into a robot. So that's yeah, yeah, they, where that comes from. They are playing by their own rules yeah. and two right. a little bit. Sure. Now he is still alive yeah. in RoboCop up until because they try to defib him and they show the memories, right. the, the start of the sequence yeah. that you're talking right. about. And it's interesting because you you see the the flashes of his humanity uh-huh. going away. And then it's a reboot right. to where you see the computer screen, you see the BIOS at the bottom, uh-huh. you see them 
reconfigure and you get this nice passage of time with them celebrating new years mm-hmm. and sure. um, all these celebrations and all of the, like the minutia of bringing him to life with like the arm and yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, like the handshake with yep. the, you know, Titan grip and stuff. Yep. For me, I like to think that he is alive. I also know what I'm seeing on the screen. Like, especially when he turns into the form where you just see his face, like, you literally see that there's nothing up there except his face. So, like, obviously, but still in my mind, with as as far as the the, the, the way I read that. the film, you see it as a resurrection. I like to see that he is still, yes, alive. yeah, yes. And I I think of it, it sort of how Melanie does of uh, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Machine that sure. it's uh, because of the humanity that is needed to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. that is how it reclaims its humanity right. by the end of the film, like through these these mm-hmm. memories. But, do... but he does recognize that regardless of however anybody thinks about mm-hmm. it, that he cannot go on being right. the Murphy that mm-hmm. we knew in the beginning of the film. Sure. That through the, the scene of him in the house sorting his memories you know, just by the end of yeah, it. Yeah, which mm-hmm. a lot of people like to read into the allegory of the film and that this is, that Murphy is crucified and then mm-hmm. re- right, resurrected. Right. Absolutely. You can read it that way. Yeah. I feel like most things like this are very clear. Mm-hmm. And I think with this being a little ambiguous, it, yeah. it makes it a little bit more interesting. Uh, it's agree. not, it's not a complete Frankenstein. It's not a, you know, ghost in the shell. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. Christ, you know, who knows? Which yeah. that's, that is something not to keep talking about Ed Neumeyer. Mm-hmm. When asked about this, you know, did you have a Christ story in mind when you were writing? Mm-hmm. He was like, well, he's like, I mean, I guess that was part of it. But really the thing that him and Minor always took was that it could be Frankenstein, it could be Christ. Mm-hmm. And you can read it however you want, sure. which I love because that's yeah. exactly what this is. Yeah. Good art is, is even better when can it be interpreted. Yeah. Multiple ways, and, and mm-hmm. that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, do you have specific notes on the the reveal, or not really? I just montage of images, and RoboCop is is created. What are your prime directives? Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. What do you guys think of the reveal? I I think it's brilliant that the first time you see RoboCop is in a screen what? as he's mm-hmm. walking in that the first person vision that we've been seeing for during this montage right. that you see him and you see, you and know, which you off, miss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could miss sure. it, but your first look at Robocop is through a television screen showing yeah. what's going on. And then they silhouette him behind the glass, behind the fencing. Like you're seeing different mm-hmm. portions of his body and never yeah. him straight on, which I actually, I believe this was Rob Routine's idea too. Where he had kind of... To, to mask it yeah. until... Mm-hmm. He won the big reveal well, it, of his suit. As as they're creating him through, through the montage, in my opinion, it, it does a very good job of kind of putting those news segments we have into this area where like, you know, in, in those news segments, flipping through all these different issues going on in the world. But, and they treat it almost like that when they're doing and these I, different segments of him being created. I love the first one where he, so he's laying down and then they're like, okay, put the LEDs down, the screwing down noises. And I <laughs> yeah. love the, oh, man, those the noises green are lasers great. of the sound mixing. The grid. Mm-hmm. I love the grid of the lasers. Oh, yeah. it looks so cool. And that's something like 
Mm-hmm. I don't remember the first time I watched RoboCop, but I remember thinking, oh, this looks really neat. And just the whole, yeah. r- his creation, all of it, the way it's edited, and then, because it's just these little segments that we're getting little flavors of whatever's happening, and then mm-hmm. showing him for the first time on the monitor, him walking out. Yep. Nancy Allen's acting is great in that moment, too. At this point, we get one of the motifs that continues throughout the rest of the movie from here, but um, a little, I don't know, is it like a... There's a, a reality show or no, a... No, it's like... I'm I not sure what it is. Or a I commercial or... I think it's meant or... to be like a horny uh, sitcom. Much like the media breaks, this is something that's just kind of intercut. And like, whenever we're popping around different businesses, window displays, they'll be playing this show. So it's a sitcom. And the lead actor of the sitcom is Bigsby Snyder. And the show, it's kind of like a pervy sitcom. Yeah. And it's called It's Not My Problem. No, and yeah. there's a ton of, it's just a guy with a bunch of very busty girls. <laughs> Always like a couple ladies on screen with him. Yeah, and it's like he's like in their bosoms and their mm-hmm. boobs are just all around him. Yeah. Yeah. And the tagline is... <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the most, and I'm not even hating on it. Mm-hmm. It's all funny. Sure, mm-hmm. it is. The, it's great. Yeah. It is the most quoted line of this right. film, and to me, that's a travesty because there's so many good lines in this film. Sure, sure. Well, I think it's fun because I'm pretty sure that which I, you guys probably don't know what this is, but Smash TV, it's an arcade game from like the late '80s. Okay, no so it it's kind of a mix-up between uh, the Running Man and like RoboCop-like sensibilities. And I'm pretty sure they use the, I'd buy that for a dollar as one of the pop-ups when you like pick up money. But the whole thing is the original, like Binding of Isaac. It's this (laughs) twin stick shooter where you're murdering people and mutants and it's super gory. Uh And it's like for a TV show. Like you're trying to pick up like, it's like making fun of capitalism. Yeah. Where you're picking up like, you got a toaster and a TV and you're murdering Uh people while you're doing it. Sounds fun. So at, at this point, Robocop starts cleaning up the streets in the city. This seems like a great moment to talk about the wonder that is Basil Polidorus' score. love this score conan is one of my favorite scores ever absolutely yeah it's one of mine this this score is so phenomenal i think the march for robocop is excellent and i love the way that he he takes visual motifs and puts that into the audio because you get the march this this pumping so it's mm-hmm. a couple it's a couple different things where it sounds very like it's got these feelings of Brad Fidel. I I love Basil is like mm-hmm. insanely talented, but like I love the idea of both of these 
people coming making a score for a movie about something that's very mechanical cyborgs yeah and it's so different like they're totally different Mm -hmm. flavors but they're doing the same type of idea where it's like brad went for these very industrial cold Mm -hmm. noises and like clinks and basil went for these very heavy metal like clunk clunk noises and it also to me kind of has there's definitely hints of Conan music throughout mm-hmm. this, which is, it's amazing. I love well, that. And, and that's the thing that was big in Conan, like the, was it the Anvil of Crom? I think that's like one of the first tracks on the soundtrack. And it's the, the making of steel. Yeah. And I, I think that there is like the a thematic, a thematic yeah. connection to Robocop, the way that, he, you know, he's being fashioned. U- using metal uh, to, uh, as a, an auditory motif pulls more into the show that uh, Murphy's kids into. It's kind of like a futuristic Western type. TJ Laser. TJ Laser. And like Murphy spends his gun like a cowboy. Mm-hmm. The music has a little bit of like a Western mm-hmm. thing to it too, where it's yeah. like the cavalry riding out, like the heroes here. Murphy is a, a true blue. Like he is a, like the ideal police officer. Well, and I love Peter... Mm-hmm. They shot this in Dallas, and Peter is from Peter Weller's from uh, West Texas. So he, he's I mean, a cowboy. He's, a, he's an a intellectual cowboy. cowboy. He, and he's insanely smart. Like he's our so sweet good. hangman Paige. Yeah, <laughs> but huh. Peter Weller has an insane vocabulary. He's very smart. Any interview with him is he. There is like a huge three-hour making of Bucker Bonsai, and he does interviews on there. It's amazing. You should listen to it. But um, I just the whole swiveling of the gun him swinging it that's all peter that was mm-hmm. his idea and I, it just works so well for the character it's yeah. really great yeah for sure so this montage we start with the grocery store yeah i think that's it's right it's the convenience mm-hmm. store yeah and mm-hmm. the neon the lighting in this film and i it's always looked amazing i mean oliver Hoban knows what he's doing and mm-hmm. the cinematographer uh it's is it yois volcano yes it's gorgeous the lighting is stunning and i every this whole montage there's like neon in every single bit of it like in the convenience store there's like the neon up around the Mm -hmm. border of the the ceiling and the wall and then whenever he goes to the gas station there's like neon on the pumps that's right it's just it looks so cool and and the the 4k disc really pops yeah the purples in particular the purples and pinks and blues for sure so yeah so we have the the convenience store. What's next? Uh, the rape. That's right. Attempted rape. Attempted rape. It, it, it's <laughs> last time on Cinema Parlor we talked about a gentleman who loves shooting people in the dick. Gross. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss RoboCop shooting a guy in the dick. <laughs> okay, so first, <laughs> Rostov and in Invasion USA last episode, and this um, mm-hmm. there's some do no gooders who have a young lady mm-hmm. and yeah. they are attempting to assault her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Robocop comes out of his car. That's right. This is all per Paul Verhoeven, by the way. This and is it, not, it's not really I like it that he it's like pointing the gun and calibrating it and the guy's threatening mm-hmm. the lady and she's wearing a skirt and that's he, right, shoots through the skirt. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. the bad guy like has her up by the arms kind of yep. and is like dangling her in front of him. Like you can't so Using her as a shield, essentially. I think it's also interesting that at this time, a major motif in action films was creative ways to get out of a hostage uh, situation. So you have this. Mm-hmm. You have Die Hard the year later, where he it's the, the gun taped to the back, 
shoots him in the head. Yep. There's Batman Returns sure. holding uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. He does the cable and snaps it back, hits the guy in the head. Yep. Speed, he shoots the victim in the leg. Yep. There's a lot of John Woo moments. I, I, I really enjoy the the bullet through the skirt and to the dick. Yeah. It's great. And I love that there's a moment where you don't know. Where it shoots, it's pretty high up, and yeah. it's like... <laughs> well, it's all he's bleeding up. out. And I think also what's kind of interesting that at this point in RoboCop, it is just him as the the idolistic robot cop of she goes to thank him and he's like, you are under distress. I will notify the nearest rape center. Yeah. And yeah. She, she's like trying to hug him. Yeah. He, it's I, no emotion. No, no, even like hand up to like kind of cradle her or anything. It's mm-hmm. just, he's like a brick house and she's just yeah. like holding him. <laughs> yeah. And then she, good. whenever he says like, I'll contact the nearest mm-hmm. crisis facility, she just looks at him like, what the fuck? Yeah, off, yeah. Sure. And then, isn't there a third? I think it cuts into this to a news report saying that the new sensation, RoboCop, and it's him with the kids. It does, yeah. So oh, it goes yeah, in more news reports. Thank you. And while that was going on, I wrote down, I, they show like, commercials in between two. Mm-hmm. I really like the Nukem board game. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of death. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nukem. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. If you think about it, half of our board games are based off of war. Like, it's kind of skewing Battleship, but, I mean, even... D&D is born out of those old, like, World War II board games. Yeah, I, sure. I find that very interesting yeah. and really funny. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. The OCP company, we kind of get back to them. They're promising the end of crime in old Detroit in 40 days. So, something else that I want to get to, since we've kind of, at this point in the movie, they're doing a lot of shot like sweeping views of the city with robocop like coming to all these places driving back and forth and again like the it's gorgeous the matte paintings in this film Mm. are mind blowing Mm -hmm. you you blink you might miss them like i mean i'm not saying it yeah yeah. it's like but they're prominent like mm. they're on there for a long time and they're used several there's several like very significant scenes where they show mm-hmm. this for it's on screen for a long time yeah and it is flawless it's mm-hmm. insane so it's really good the painter is Rocco Jeffrey I guess what he would paint on because a lot of times they would do like they paint on panes of glass and mm-hmm. play it over he would do masonite and paint over that because he I guess he would like drop the glass too often okay. so he wasn't even doing like the normal thing that people did mm-hmm. at the time and it it's just, it's flawless. It yeah. looks so good. I think it is a, I think it's a, a style of filmmaking that has kind of gone out of style. They, I know that it's still pre- prevalent in, like, with CGI and stuff, but I feel that people go for realism now. So I think that when realism isn't gone after, it's very off-putting to people when it's done with CGI. Mm-hmm. Like, the the... Agatha Christie movie. I think it put people off because of, I think we're used to that realistic CGI 
I, and it, honestly, that style probably would work better if he just hired a painter. I think so. I think it, like yeah, gone with. If you're gonna try to do a classic style, maybe just utilize that the style. Meaning, yeah. Yeah, I, it drives me up a wall. I, it, I'm not even gonna I, get into it. Bad, I, bad mat work drives you <laughs> crazy. I meant CGI. But I would, yeah. But, but I, I mean, essentially, mean. it is. Right. It is bad. Yeah. It's right. just they're using a different tool. Yeah, right. So, exactly. But I do think for not that this is about that, but for Death on the Nile, I think that is very much a stylistic choice that he went with. Oh, I do too. And I don't think it works, but I do think that's what they were going for. Yeah, I, I think they were going for that old Hollywood matte painting style that, I mean, you watch like Wizard of Oz, like you mm. know that those backdrops are painted. Right. Like right. it's obvious. Robocop, not so much. No. Like no. you can't really tell. But for me, I just love that so much. Like even the, the Omni, like OCP building, like the top levels of it, because they wanted like this, whatever. 80 stories, yeah. yeah. I love that most of the building is fabricated on a matte painting. Like, I just think that adds to, like, mm-hmm. even well, all the corpus fake. This goes into a whole other conversation. I'm not going <laughs> to I just think there's so much artistic ability in that. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it... There is a quote It's from, great, and that's all I'm going to say. There's a quote from Rocco, I will say, that he said in 97 is whenever he stopped getting phone mm-hmm. calls, they were like, you're definitely doing computer graphics, mm-hmm. right? And he's just like, okay, so I'm, I guess I don't have a place here. I will, yeah. I'll say to the credit, though, most of the times we don't have a problem with it in movies because we don't notice it, like, over the last 20 years. Yeah. So I think that, I think when it's a stylistic choice and it doesn't work, and then you notice it, that's, like, when it's kind of off-putting. The quote from Rocco, what he had said was that he felt not that people can't be talented doing graphic, mm-hmm. computer graphics, but he said that it kind of feels now like anyone can go pick up the programming. It's true. It doesn't take and, a talent. And it you takes. Don't, you don't have to be talented. To that's do my it. whole thing about yeah. it. It's like, and, and that's coming yeah. from an artist who right. who does this stuff. Yeah. So that kind of hit me. It's like that's mm-hmm. that's really sad. Yeah. I d- but, I don't want to say that those people aren't talented, though. No, and he wasn't saying that. He was just saying it does, some people can get a hold of it that aren't talented and still make a, a way for themselves. We kind of went on a mini rant. That's all right. But just to say that just everything visually in this film stands out. Like, it still holds up today. Yes. Absolutely. So, all right. Let's get back on track here. Uh, we have a bathroom showdown between Dick and Bob. Dick is in the toilet. Bob starts talking some the shit on him. The way this scene is shot is it's literally Dick's legs in the stall to mm-hmm. taking a toozy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a bold choice. I mm-hmm. love it. I think it's hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's a power move. Just taking a massive shit in your corporate office and everybody knows that he's in there taking a massive shit because well, the way that they react to the conversation that's yeah. going around where... Not everybody knows. Right, not everybody knows. Bob doesn't know. But but when Bob is encountered by a dick who doesn't wash his hands. Yep. Does he yeah. have time to wipe, actually? I don't think so. I don't I think, think so. I think it's just a straight pull up. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he flushes. He's, like, he's not worried about all it. All right, I just can't stand. You yeah. think that he's underpants flossing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says something like, I remember I used to call the boss butthead and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you crossed the line, buddy. That's right. Congratulations, Bob. Thanks. I remember when I was a young executive for this company. I used to call the old man funny names. Iron Butt. Boner. 
Once I even called him asshole. But there was always respect. I always knew where the line was drawn. And you just stepped over it, buddy boy. Well, Dick is pressed because Ed 209 didn't work out. Didn't Robocop, people are loving, mm -hmm. they're going crazy for it, so... Well, Bob's on, like, top of the world right now. Yeah. He's like, I can't be taken down. If you think about it from his point of view, though, old Richards, he, he brings up the... Because Bob says Ed 209 didn't work. Dick says, well, it doesn't matter. We had a military contract. Like, that's replacement parts for 10 years. That's money. And, like, he's says, thinking so it's what very... It doesn't work. Yeah, it's very capitalistic thinking. And that's an interesting thought because the RoboCop program doesn't work outside of the one time that it did. Right. Next up, I've got down that uh, Lewis has figured out that RoboCop is her former partner, Murphy. At least she's coming to that conclusion. The spinning of the gun. Yeah. There's, mm -hmm. there's little breadcrumbs like, yeah. leading her to that fact. For, for sure. Now we're going to get to the gas station blow-up, which we talked a little bit about. So RoboCop, while he's in his his sleep chair, he has a nightmare yeah. and freaks out. And there's, that's where we get all this tension mm -hmm. with the doctors. And they threaten Nancy Allen. Lewis. Lewis. And because she, she goes up to him, it's like, Murphy? Mm -hmm. And this is like furthering his... And this is leading up to the gas station yeah. of... Like his nightmare yeah. that he had of his former life. Yeah. The gas station blow up is, again, a, a spectacle of a scene. There's good build up and tension with the college kid and him taunting him. Like Robocop is just emotionally devastated at this information for this criminal that he recognizes. I know you. You're dead. We killed you! We killed you! Yeah. Motorcycle man doesn't make it, though. He does. He does make it. I didn't think he did at the time. Because later, he's yeah. Melty Man. Yeah. Yeah, at the yeah. time, I was like... I mean, he's... It'd been a little while since I watched it, yeah. so I was like, oh, I guess Motorcycle Man's not making no, it. No, this this man has many lives in this He does have many lives. But, uh... The, the image of RoboCop out of the fire, like, mm -hmm. shooting the bike, like, it's... I think it's the image of this movie. Like, it, it looks so good. Yeah. It's a good one. I have to say, after watching a lot of newer action films, CGI fire is never going to look as good as an actual explosion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just something that, for whatever reason, cannot be replicated. Sure. Yeah. This explosion looks insane. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, as, as we talked about, Robocop starts to remember who he was and who did this to him. Uh, he visits his house. Uh, when he was nothing but merely Murphy. Yeah, this is like our Paradise Lost sequence mm -hmm. where he's going through rem remembering things, having flashes of his old life. I think this is a beautiful sequence, and it hits me in the feels, and I almost cry every time. It's heavy. It's, it's really well done. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, Robocop uh, doing some detective work. So as Bobby is doing cocaine, uh, Clarence interrupts the cocaine mm -hmm. party. I'm sorry, the cocaine party. Bobby... In trouble. You forgot the best part. Okay. How you doing? Uh, uh, uh. Bitches leave. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. yep. 
So and they do immediately. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, Oh, no, no, the one lingers like, are you going to call me? She, she, no, she's skedaddling, yeah. but like, they do grab stuff, and I don't know if the one grabs the Coke, but it kind of looks like she grabs something with her purse. Yeah. And she gets up and she's like, call me. It did, him saying that reminded me of the Rick James uh, <laughs> episode of The Chappelle Show yeah. where he's just like, I'm just in one and I'm just getting started, bitches. <laughs> Dick is so pissed mm-hmm. at Bob. So, like, yep. Clarence has, like, a reel to play. Yep. So that Dick can tell him how pissed he is. Mm-hmm. The DVD. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Quite fancy. Every, uh, every game has a winner and a loser, uh, Dick says to Bob. And Bob uh, basically gets killed in his house, blown up. So yeah. he, Clarence shoots him in both of the legs. Yeah. And Fucking then, stop! <laughs> yeah, he shoots uh-huh. him a ton in his legs, makes it where he can't move, and then he licks a grenade pen out yep. of a grenade, sets it on the table, it has a delayed mm-hmm. 10 seconds, whatever. He leaves, and poor Bob is gonna, what, bat the grenade? I, I mean, what? Bob was gonna die no matter what, yeah. because he got shot in the leg he so many times, mm-hmm. he's gonna bleed to death. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Bobby's house is gone, bitches are gone. Yeah. And the main thing we get from this scene, not only is Bob dead, but that, uh, yes, Dick and Clarence have, have teamed up at this point. So at this point, we know that Omnicorp is yep. funding the bad that's guys, right. the gang. Well, and I think that's interesting, too, that uh, crime is a uh, commercial enterprise. And they talk mm-hmm. about that with the building of Delta City, yep. where crime will be organized mm-hmm. and corporately funded and it's crime is a capitalistic venture. Yep. I, I find that quite interesting. It's uh, absolutely, you know, this idea, I guess, of the '80s. If you prescribe to the government letting drugs into the country mm-hmm. for certain minorities, yeah, yeah. Again, this this film hits a lot differently in twenty twenty two. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, Actually, I, I can't even say that. It stuff well, has been messed up for a long. It has time, been, but but, but it, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Also, you, you glazed over it, but Ray Wise tries to kick Robocop in the dick. That's true. It doesn't go well. Yeah. No, it does. <laughs> Ray, man, Ray Wise rules in this movie. He, he rules in everything <laughs> yeah. that he's a part of. He's so good. Uh, I, I just had to make sure everyone's aware again, so I wrote down, you know, Clarence is hilarious. Great one-liners and timing. So, mm-hmm. just so everybody's aware. Do you have a favorite Clarence line? I mean, the... I didn't even write it down, but yeah, the, the bitches part is... Bitches yeah. leave? It's, it's really, really good. good. It is mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. They are all cartoon characters, but they're likable with how despicable mm-hmm. and their one-liners. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think having character actors that you kind of recognize... Yeah. Like, yeah, they're great. Yep. Clarence is so good. Next up, we have a crazy warehouse shootout where Robocop wreaks havoc, F's up Clarence, and kills his some of his dudes. Yeah, so Clarence is trying to uh, make a deal for a cocaine and become like get it at a discount so that he could be like a major player in Delta City. Yeah, and he makes the the fuck up of revealing to RoboCop that uh, Dick 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 is his uh, Dick his Jones. Guy. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Anything you say may be used against you. 
I I remember the first time I watched this, I thought this was the end of Clarence. Mm. Which obviously I was bummed about when the first time I watched it for uh-huh. that for that second or two. Because I was like, I've always loved Clarence. But it's got that great moment of him choking Clarence out after throwing him through like five goddamn walls. <laughs> That's right. And just all the glass. like you're a cop in yeah. that realization of like what he is seeking is vengeance. Right. And his job is justice. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he brings him in, ultimately. Right. He can't kill him. Can we talk about how well this sh- shootout is shot? Three-quarter bird's-eye view shot of Robocop walking in while shooting, and it starts tracking. Yeah. Do you, you know what I'm talking I about? Do. Yeah. That shot is so good. Yes. Immaculately made film. Yep. And... So this reveal brings up to our next thing of RoboCop going to Omnicorp. Yeah. Tries to arrest Dick Miller. Dick Jones. I'm sorry. I called him Dick Miller. <laughs> Directive four. Yeah. Yes. Can't What's... arrest an Omnicorp yeah. corporate. Yeah. Stooge. Anyone. Yeah. Any, it's essentially like anyone who's like a controlling member of the board. Uh-huh. They can't. Robo realizes it's not as easy as he thought, y'all. Ed 209 comes in. Yeah. A Robo versus Ed 209 showdown. First of... Of a few. Ed gets tripped up by the stairs, and I really liked that a lot. I was laughing pretty hard. It reminded me of, like, I've had dogs in life when I've had stairs at, at houses. Like, that they're it? very tippet about, like, going down. Yeah. And it reminded me of, like, a dog just really testing well, the waters. Yeah, there. at that first step, he's like, oh, mm-hmm. my robot feet are not fit down here. And yeah. he's like, I'll just do it anyways. And then he falls. Yeah. And he, the... the animation of yeah. ed on the staircase is really impressive sure. yeah it, it Again, looks Phil great Tippett knows what he's doing and i think that the stop motion robocop looks great during the sequence that it's used mm-hmm. in yeah. and i think that the choreography of the sequence is phenomenal like i love the the robocop getting his shit kicked in i love him blasting ed's arm off with his own arm mm-hmm. the rocket like all that stuff's great robocop outsmarting him with stairs and then, like, the SWAT beat down afterwards, mm-hmm. which is also, like, very reminiscent of the Frank Miller uh, Batman year one of, like, yeah. when the cops come in to kick in Batman shit and, yeah. like, just the frantic, like, trying to get out of there. Sure. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, so, at this point, uh, all the police officers are ordered to take down RoboCop. Um, and we have quite a... yes. So it's separate. So, oh, shit. Dude, I know what you were thinking of. So the other sequence in that montage yes. is some, a terrorist takes the mayor. That's right. And oh, Robocop yeah. goes in and yeah. he saves the mayor. And it's really funny because the vehicle that they've been advertising throughout the movie that the bad guys steal, yep. that they offer this guy is called like the 6,000 mm-hmm. Sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The SUX. Yeah, but he comes, the way he gets him is he likes punches through the wall yeah through the drywall so another there was really another thing and then yeah he, and then he throws him right out a window which like <laughs> he punches him out a window and yeah. then it cuts to the kids loving robocop that's uh-huh. exactly it yeah yes. yeah yep yeah. yeah, for sure <laughs> yep yeah. fuck i just went off on a, a side tangent to like verify what you thought originally. hey you know what at least i you were right I, you were right i, I was know. there yeah. somewhat yeah. a lot of times it doesn't happen and 209 SWAT team. So yep. the SWAT team operates separately from 
the police force because the police are very hesitant. They they do right. the he's a cop, mm-hmm. like don't sure. kill him. And uh, Lewis is there to save his ass. Yeah, that's right. And he gets all shut up. And as you say, Lewis is there to help him escape. Uh, so next up, uh, Clarence and his boys are back together, blowing up cars and blowing up buildings with new weapons that they've got. I call them rocket launchers. I don't know what they are. It's but... more like bazooka rocket action. Yeah. So Dick Jones gets a visit from Clarence. Clarence hits on his uh, secretary by sticking some gum on her. Nameplate. <laughs> Nameplate. Call me. That's right. Um, I did like that. And he's like, you can keep the gum. That was some. That was some BDE right there. <laughs> <laughs> Something. So he talks to Dick about like their capitalistic ventures in crime and dick gives them the mission of killing robocop since he has it recorded in his hard drive about the confession about dick jones and how that is admissible um evidence so they have to kill robocop he needs military grade weapons so dick jones hooks him up with they look like like, kind of like weird sci-fi 50 cal sniper rifle rocket launcher things. Like, yeah, what you guys are talking. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a, uh, yeah, it's like a weird sniper rifle married with a bazooka and a rocket launcher. It's a cool fucking gun. It looks heavy. Yeah. It, it, those explosions. When you're I playing know. the arcade game and mm-hmm. you pick up that pickup and you just. How much nice. do you love so fun. that. The one guy that comes up in a new car, he's so excited about it. And then Clarence He's like, I got one like you did. Yeah, yeah. and Clarence is like, nope. Joey's got a car just like yours, man. <laughs> Yo, Clarence, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there, Clarence? Huh? Whoa, a new toy! Can I play? Huh? <laughs> That was really great. <laughs> Clarence for the win again. Emil, he just wanted to watch that show. Yeah. He he used his gun to break out the window so he, so he could turn up the volume. Yeah. Buy that for a dollar. Buy that for a dollar. That's right. So we get more of that. Uh, Yeah, so now we have Robocop versus Clarence and the boys round two. Uh, Here we have the wonderful death you spoke of earlier. The toxic waste death of Emil. Mm -hmm. Yes. What do you think of the the sludge man? (laughs) Do you love that race? Like, ew, get away from me. Yeah. (laughs) This is like way better done. But it does, like, remind me of what Troma would do, like, in the 90s with, like, Toxic Avenger. And it's gruesome. It's hilarious. This looks amazing. It does. Yeah. For for me, like, I was kind of thinking, like, kind of like a Swamp Thing Mm -hmm. or a, um, like, Return of the Living Dead with the Tar Tar Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is kind of what that reminded me of. It's really disturbing. It reminds me of the Tar Man. Yeah. (laughs) He's so fucked. That lip and the eye, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gets ran over and it's just like turns Blows into mush. Up. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and it just freaks me out because it's like if you're thinking about like his skin would have been so thin. Because so yeah, it's, it's like, like his body is just like decomposing. Ugh, so it's, it's but it's awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we also have uh, Lewis with a great rocket launcher kill. Uh, she gets some some nice action. Yeah, she in kills there. the Ray Wise. That's right. R.I.P. Because he drops a bunch of shit on RoboCop to pin him down. Yeah. So and let's, we let's should talk about. Yeah. Go should for we it. talk about RoboCop? Uh, third act. Robo is not wearing his helmet. Yeah. So you get the reveal Just of Peter face. Weller's face stretched out over yeah. the robot. Again, yeah, looks how they, fantastic. How they did this mm-hmm. is such a simple like effect where you just build up around the face. So, like, you build up a little bit more, and it makes it look like your face has been removed. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the skull cap. And... Yeah, so they have a bald cap on him, and then the back of the the cyborg. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. It's, and, it's flawless. It's a flawless design. And this is something that Rob Boutin and Paul Verhoeven kind of were at odds on, because... Rob wanted it to be shot in low light. He did not want it because, like, in the film, mm-hmm. it's very... I mean, sure. it's in a warehouse, so it's still dark, but it's, like, it's you in daylight. Yeah. You can yeah. clearly see. Mm-hmm. It's direct light, and Rob was very against this. He's like, ah, this is going to look bad. Like, you're going to, like, I worked so hard on this, and it has to be shot in a certain way, so it looks good. And Paul's like, I'm shooting it in bright light because I want people to see it. Like, that's the whole point. And he's like, I'm going to do it. So they, like, didn't watch it back until, like, the final cut together, Mm-hmm. whenever it was released and both of them were just like instantly like oh this is awesome this looks so good yeah. we're both wrong about everything like this looks great and then they work together on total recall nice yeah it looks crazy we get a final uh showdown with uh with robocop and clarence and yeah there's it's it's a really cool i, I love the sequence and as you mm-hmm. said like ray wise gets involved at one point and like he's up top and a bunch of metal bearings debris debris fall down on him it's like a scrapyard thing and he like unloads a load of just scrap metal yeah and like basically right as he's doing that lewis shoots the launcher at him takes down ray wise which is like ray's like we yeah we (laughs) We got him and then he gets blown up (laughs) yeah yeah it's really good and then clarence comes in to finish off robocop yep robocop Uses his technology spike yeah. and stabs the shit out of Clarence. Yeah. You get a nice throat rip. Yeah. A lot of good gush. Yeah. That's yeah. a good death. It's like a little delay whenever you're watching it. Like, he hits him with the spike. There's like a blob of blood that lands on, uh, on it, Peter. A chunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so gross. Yeah. We have a Robocop versus Ed 209 end where Robocop blows him up. It's not really a verse. It's more of like yeah, a, it's just a, you're it's like a Mike Tyson fight or something. Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. a jobber. I I really like how abbreviated the ending is because mm-hmm. I feel like we get the cathartic end with the death of Clarence and like that action sequence. Clarence death, Ed O nine death, Dick, you're fired. So mm-hmm. Ed two O nine is RoboCop brings in one of those bazooka guns and blows up ed 209 with ease yep. and he just cracks a smile mm-hmm. like yeah peter weller while he's wearing the helmet and then whenever he's out like there is like a slight difference which i love too because I, his performance overall is wonderful but i like that it's slightly less robotic towards the end as he's become more mm-hmm. aware of his humanity even though he's aware that he's not murphy sure he, he's it's murphy born again but it's very cool, and I like the smile. I think that's a big significant thing to that. Yeah, I think for just these roles where they're buried in makeup and anybody can do them, I think getting the eye, like getting a a slender dude who's just very introspective and smart, it, it worked great for uh, 
for Frankenstein, worked great for Robocop, worked great for Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Just do that. Get yeah. a good actor. Yeah, and all of, all of those things, it's like, it's very important for who's who's doing it. It's, mm -hmm. It changes it. Yep. So yeah, to finish the film, death to Dick, There's Murphy something... with the win. He he takes the old man hostage, and another hostage situation. And Robocop explains the situation, and the old man is like, "Dick, you're fired." Mm -hmm. and Robocop takes him out, and you get probably the only flawed special effect shot in the movie of Dick falling out the window, kind of being a weird long arm puppet. Sure. Yeah, so the man... But I still love it. Rocco mm -hmm. did the matte painting that he's falling into and also the puppet work. The arms are probably like an inch too long. <laughs> like, they are like as long as sure. his legs. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's very Freddy Krueger whenever he's stretching oh, yeah, out definitely. his arms. Like, it's an accordion thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, this seems weird. But we have to talk about... It's like something that makes me chuckle every time. So we haven't even talked about him, but he plays Donald Johnson. Mm -hmm. He's an Omnicorp. Uh, he's played by yeah, Perry. Felton Perry. All three movies, isn't he? If I he remember is, right. yeah. yeah. So he... Felton Perry's playing Donald Johnson. He he talks to Bob a lot at the beginning. And whenever <laughs> Dick is, like, getting murdered, he has the biggest smile on his face. Like, he's, like, mm. it's so, he's just, like, oh, this is great mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> he was pretty on. happy about This that. is so good. I love mm -hmm. it. It's just... He's, when, he's good in these movies. And it's kind of funny how it ends. Ultimately, the big asshole is still alive. Mm -hmm. Like, the old man, as we find out in the sequel. Sure. And I mean, even in this, he's kind of a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I said, like, at the, when we were talking about this at the beginning, I'm like, well, he's not the bad guy, but it's like, he is the bad guy, but it's like, Dick is the dick. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you get the wonderful line of, like, Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Murphy. By that point, it's it's like he's fully reclaimed his humanity. Mm -hmm. It just leaves off with just a wonderful crowd pleaser. That's right. Yeah, Hit that's that score. That's the end of the movie. And Cut the to title. credits. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's so well done. Really Great good ending. Good movie. Great movie. We want to close this out with some categories? Let's do it. Stacy, you up first today. Okay. Um, so my high point is going to be... Oh, man... I want to just, I want to keep it broad, but that seems unfair. But Rob Boutin's work is quite stellar. Um, if I had to pick just one scene, uh, man, the gas station shootout, I think is pretty awesome. Him in the fire. Mm -hmm. I, I think that is an iconic look. Um, my low point is just going to be the dick puppet. I think it's the <laughs> dick puppet. Only thing that you could see in this movie that doesn't hold up. I think this movie's perfect, but Dick Puppet's arms are a little too long. Sure. Uh, my make him laugh, everything. I think this movie's hilarious. It's really funny. Yeah, leave bitches. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Melanie? All right, so my high overall is, this is this is a cheat. It's the effects, just all of it. It's the matte painting. It's Rob's work. It's it's the team behind this film is so well done. It's the direction. It's the social commentary. Like, there, it's just such... Smart satire, Ed Newmeyer's writing. You picked the whole movie. I know. <laughs> I know. And the bad thing is, I don't have a low. And it's not that... There's just nothing... No, the things that I normally pick apart... I even like the dick puppet. Like, it doesn't look good, but I like that because it's nostalgic for me. Like, I like the way it looks. Dick I wouldn't puppet. Want, yeah. Wouldn't want it to look any different. But I... It's like... 
the pacing of this film is so tight and wonderful. The story is great. It's nothing is like we don't go into backstories that we don't need. Everything is just it's so easily digestible and I think it's wonderful. So I don't have a low. And then my make them laugh is probably I would say the newscasts, the media breaks. Those are those get me. Mm -hmm. I think they're very funny. It's yep. so morbid and hilarious at the same time. And I would also say I just the idea to shoot Dick in the bathroom, his legs, that just the choice of where the camera is in that shot, I find very funny. Mm -hmm. Well, can I say, as in regards to you describing how perfect this is, Ken Russell, we're all a fan of him. Love Ken Russell. He said that this is the best science fiction film since Metropolis. Oh, I love that take. High praise. High praise. Uh, uh, but yeah. Nolan? All right. My high moment, I'm going with the mutilation of Murphy. I find it hilarious, but also just like... Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Hilarious? I laugh at... I'm not laughing... I Not at like the thought of... It's how good everything looks. It's like yeah, an excitement. Like, I... Yeah. I'm going to have to get into my psyche here. I just, it, it makes, like, I have a good time. You like gonzo action. You like crazy <laughs> shit. I get it. I love it. Yeah. You like the gore. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And yeah, so that's my high. My uh, low point is just that uh, obviously Clarence is in this a good amount, but I could use more Clarence even. Like, I just, I want him around a lot. So Kurtwood Smith, I needed more of you, even though you're in there a lot. And I needed more Ray Wise. So that that's fair. That's that's I just wanted more of those guys because they're so good on screen mm -hmm. here. And then my make them laugh moment. Since you went with the bitches line, I'll go with the line earlier um, said by Clarence. Uh, can you make? Can you fly, Bobby? Can you fly, Bobby? Oh, and I love that he's throwing a fit and like kicking their driver mm -hmm. before that. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, great movie. Just fucking do it. Do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Clarence, you rule. Melanie. Yeah. Do we have you know, a... You know we do. <laughs> you know we do. Okay, so I... um, We're going all baddies for this one. Nice. Good. Okay. All right, if you guys are ready, I must ask. Mary, fuck, kill. Clarence, Dick, Emil. All right. I'll start off with this. Mm -hmm. I am marrying Clarence. Just enough <laughs> said. I, I don't have to go into this. That's fine. He's my dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love everything about it. You don't ever it. have to explain what your heart wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to F a meal in his... Uh, mutil in You're his, going after the squish. Mutated. That's your choice. I didn't pick... You want that side gel. I didn't pick. I want to know what it's like to just... Uh, with your dick's going to fall off. Yeah. You know, I am probably going to have a uh, an issue down there for sure. But contact it, dermatitis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's probably not gonna go well, no. but that's the nope. path I chose. Yep. Because I really don't like Dick. <laughs> the person. <laughs> the appendage you love. <laughs> I love the appendage, but the person Dick. He's not my guy. No, that's fair. Okay, so he's out of here. Okay. Get rid of him. I'm gonna marry Dick. Mm. He's rich. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that's really it. Yeah. I'm just gonna be a, a rich housewife. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna fuck Clarence because he makes me laugh. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna kill Emil because somebody should. That's my pick. Nice. For those reasons, exactly. <laughs> I think Clarence would be. I think like 
a night out like a bad mistake. I think uh-huh. it make you laugh. Get your dreams. Uh-huh. I think it. I think it could work. Mm-hmm. Dick, absolutely. You know that you're gonna have a side piece anyways because mm-hmm. he's a. He's got side piece. I have side piece. And I feel like mm-hmm. he probably has erectile dysfunction. I think mm-hmm. he's probably got a, a nasty. I think his whole downstairs smells bad because he doesn't have proper wiping. Mm, that's um, true. His hygiene is in question. You're definitely going to need him to shower first. Or, I assume we have a bidet. So that's fair. I would hope. Okay. Maybe that's why he... Okay. Maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe that's what he's used to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's that's the pick, I think. Dick's all American. Yeah, and uh, Emil. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, buddy. Mm-mm. I do like how much the it's story... kind of a mercy kill at that point. Yeah, but I do like how much the story kind of follows him. Mm-hmm. Because we are yep. with him for a lot of different scenes. Yeah, he's in it more than Ray Wise. He is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's odd. But yeah. I like it. Yeah. That that squish is gonna be my squish. You gonna push that squish? I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, end it. Uh, this has been a good time. Robocop rules. Watch it if you've never seen it, and if you have, watch it again. The new Arrow 4K disc looked great, so advise picking that up. All right, you can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. You can find us on Instagram at Cinema Parlor. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcasts. And you can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. S Glover 84. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. It's been real, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Until then. Bitches leave.